Vegas has the Pelicans over under for wins set at 39 and a half. Too high? Too low? Really just way off base? Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, we're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday for shows right now, now that we are kind of in like the actual quiet part of the off season. There's been a lot going on, whether it was the draft and workouts around that then free agency and trades and and everything going on, then Summer League, it's finally calmed down. We can take a bit of a breather, enjoy our offseason, we'll ramp things back up closer to training camp, we'll get back to five days a week, but right now we're just going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday with maybe the occasional bonus show here or there that's a little bit smaller. Those are going to probably just be uploaded to YouTube, so please subscribe there if you haven't already, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. It's here Monday through Friday normally, breaking down all the news you want to know about this team, you don't get that anywhere else. And don't forget, on Wednesdays on Locked On NBA, co-host, it's Small Market Beats uh, Meets big market with the Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast. You join me of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of the Locked On Celtics podcast for a look at the NBA week from all angles. So follow Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcasts. And today we've got one topic that we're going to look at from a couple of different angles and that's the overall win totals that have been released by Vegas per betonline.ag, one of the sponsors of the show. And they've sent the Pelicans over under for wins at 39 in and a half. Okay. So obviously to get this out of the way, these are released by Vegas, which means they're designed to get you to bet on them and designed to get action on both sides. They want people to take the over and they want people to take the under on this. So these aren't always reflective of what they think the team is going to do necessarily. These are partially kind of built to get action and get people interested in these lines and to make them money more so than anything else. So when you see these over-unders and something looks just off, could be kind of by design in what Vegas is trying to do. But they also do need them to be somewhat accurate. And 39 and a half, I bet, is pretty low for what a lot of people are thinking. That puts the Pelicans at 10th in the Western Conference in terms of the over-unders they've set and into the play-in tournament, but also an under 500 record. Not ideal. And for people who want to see New Orleans take a big leap, being under 500 really isn't there, particularly with a pretty big offseason looming when it comes to Zion Williamson with New Orleans. But before we get into how they get above that number and beat the 39 and a half, hit the over, and then in the third segment, how they hit the under, I thought we should take a look at the past couple of years of the over-under numbers and see how they compare to the Pelicans' actual season. So I wanted to go back. Let's go backwards here. So so last season, right, um, the Pelicans were not particularly good. The 2020-2021 season, they had an over-under win total of 36.5. They went under with a record of 31 wins and 41 losses. It was a disappointing year. 
Like there, there's no other way to put it for a team that was relatively healthy. They were not good. They couldn't figure things out defensively until it was way too late. And who knows quite what that was. You had inconsistent performances from Lonzo Ball and even an extended stretch where Brandon Ingram was inconsistent. Plus all the dysfunction with Stan Van Gundy, no real reinforcements arriving at the trade deadline or anything like that. It was a subpar year for New Orleans. So they hit the under there. Go back to the 2019-2020 season. Zion's first year. The over-under was set for that team at 39. The actual number of wins they had, 30. So they went under that one as well. You'll remember, though, Zion missed more than half of the year. That's the bubble-shortened season where, in the bubble, the Pelicans just dumpster fire. They were terrible during all of that. So they disappointed there, too, but they had a lot of injuries at play, particularly not getting Zion for most of the year. So let's go back the year before that, the 2018-2019 season, the year Anthony Davis forced his way out or started to force his way out. The Pelicans coming off a playoff appearance had their over-under set at 48 wins. The actual, 33. So really under on that one. It was a messy year. It was a messy year, right? With Anthony Davis about halfway through the year publicly saying he wanted a trade request. Dell Demps getting fired. They moved Mirtich for basically four second round picks. And another another dumpster fire theme maybe here. Uh, but, but it's important to remember that before the Anthony Davis trade request, this team coming off of a sweep of Portland in the first round and taking the Golden State Warriors to five games, gentlemen sweep, were not particularly good. They were basically 500, a little bit under that, up until the point that Anthony Davis wanted out. Now, did he have his heart here? Definitely not. Was he giving his all that season? Probably not either. But still, they weren't good when they were running back more or less the same team that had done well the season before. They just dramatically underperformed, and that's part of the reason why Anthony Davis wanted out. But it sounded like he wanted out the entire way from all of that. So the year before that, 2017-2018 playoff year, right? Sweep of the goal of the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. The boogie injury, all of that stuff. They're over under. Set at 39 and a half, and that's coming off of the year that they had acquired DeMarcus Cousins. It was going to finally be the first year with him and Anthony Davis together. 39 and a half, they hit the over, finally we get an over here, of 48 wins. Good for sixth in the Western Conference. One game off of being third in the Western Conference. So they were quite a good team that year. So they finally went over, and that's kind of came together after DeMarcus Cousins was injured when they went on a run to really close the year. 2016-2017 season, the year they acquired DeMarcus Cousins, 36 and a half was the over-under, actual 34, so slightly under there. And then 2015-2016, coming off of another playoff appearance before that, under Monty Williams' first year of Alvin Gentry as head coach, the over-under was set at 47 and a half. They won just 30 games, so basically 17 games, 18 games under that. That's a season, though, that Drew Holiday missed extended period of time with the issues that his wife was having with her health complications and being pregnant as well. So it was a bit of a discombobulated year. But overall, when you look at this, the Pelicans are usually under, and by a good bit, there's really only been one, there's only been one year that they hit the over. And there's only been one year when it was like within two games or so of it. Usually they're they're kind of well under what Vegas is predicting, including, you know, last year when the bar wasn't set particularly high and they undershot that too when they were healthy. So is this number particularly accurate? I don't know. We've seen that the Vegas number with the Pelicans historically not too great, fair, fairly off. So if you think this is 
BS that they're projected to win 39 and a half games. So that's the over under set. You should feel pretty good about it because it's usually not too accurate. Hopefully, though, it's going to be wrong in the wrong way that the Pelicans hit the over on that. And we'll get into how they go about doing that coming up here in the next segment of today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by the Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. These things are better than most clinical antiperspirants, and you only have to use them once per week. It's wonderful. These things are absolutely fantastic. It's hot. You don't want to deal with excessive sweating. You don't want to do that when you're in a presentation, at a wedding, on a date, anything like that. It just makes you less confident. It kind of like throws you off your game, and those are times when you need to be at your best. You don't need to be worrying about, can you see pit stains through my shirt. It's definitely not a fun thing. Well, these uh, sweat block antiperspirant wipes are something that I've started using when I take my dogs for uh, my dog for walks in the middle of the day when the sweat's bearing down on you. I don't need to worry about having to change my shirt after those walks. It's super wonderful. And these things are doctor created, doctor recommended, and they work for up to seven days per use. You just wipe them on, wipe them on, you're set for a week, basically. And they have a dry shirt guarantee. So if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's really that simple. There's no reason not to give them a try. So get yours today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using promo code locked on. Again, over at sweatblock.com using promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch all of the Pelicans games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, plus you've got your best friend's login for whatever so you can watch other movies and other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without all of the hassle. It's a pain trying to remember logins, which remote do I use to get what I want, and it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Again, directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so on today's episode of Locked on Pelicans, we're talking about the over-under number that Vegas has set per betonline.ag, and you can go over to betonline.ag and check out it for all of the teams. There's a couple I have my eye on. Maybe we'll talk about this in Friday's show briefly that I feel pretty good about, at least early on in the season, of whether I'd take the over or the under on some of that. Um, But on Friday's show, I do want to talk more about Willie Green. Is he maybe the most important offseason acquisition for New Orleans, more so than Devontae Graham or any of the other moves that they made? Because I think he really, really might be. Um, but we're talking about the 39.5 number set as the over-under for the Pelicans wins by Vegas and by betonline.ag. So how does this go well and how do they hit the over? And I was just on the Lockdown Warriors podcast kind of running down the Pelicans offseason. Look, you can make the argument that Devontae Graham is better than Lonzo Ball and maybe a better fit than Lonzo Ball, even though they kind of had the exact same numbers. Maybe the fit's better and that improves them a little bit. Valchunas is a little bit of an improvement over Steven Adams. I really don't think it's that much of an improvement, especially considering the role that he's going to play here. I like Trey Murphy, but it's a rookie. That can be There can be some issues with those guys contributing right away. And the Pelicans are banking a lot on internal growth. That's how they really make a jump. That's how this comes together and this team gets significantly better and is an easy lock for the first round. Internal growth. 
plus health. But health is kind of always going to be one of those factors, right? If you're healthy, you're going to be better. If you're not, you're going to be worse. It's really that simple. The Pelicans had a lot of good luck in terms of injuries last season. Maybe they carry that over and maybe that curse is kind of finally broken and they've got the medical staff doing their job and keeping these guys healthy and it's great. So health goes into this segment and, you know, the opposite. Bad health goes into the next segment too. But really for them to beat this number, it's internal growth. It's Zion taking another semi-leap. And I don't know how much more he can do necessarily, right? Like he's been so good and was so excellent last year, putting up historic numbers that we've really seen only Hall of Famers do. And he averaged 27 points per game, seven rebounds, almost four assists. He did it on 61.1% shooting. Those are all incredible, incredible numbers. The efficiency that he had. 27 points on 17 shots is phenomenal. Almost nine trips to the free throw line per game. Hit 70% of those. If he improves some of that, yeah, he can be a 30-plus per game score. I think Brandon Ingram compliments him well. We don't need to go into that because I've spent a lot of time talking about all of that. I think the core of those guys is here. But it's on the others to step up and try and elevate the team. When you've got the franchise cornerstone and his, his running mate in Brandon Ingram, it's about the other guys. The other guys are going to be, again, Devontae Graham, who I think more or less a little bit better than Lonzo Ball, but fairly even there. And it's going to be on a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, and maybe even Kyra Lewis Jr. to help this team take the next step. Trey Murphy will hit some threes, but let's not ask too much from the rookie um, in his first year in the league. But it's those guys. It's Nikhil Alexander-Walker stepping in and being a very quality starter that you're going to need to see. The numbers have been hit or miss for him. 11 points per game last season on 10 shot attempts. That's not good efficiency at all. Shot 42% from the field, 34, 35% from three. You'd like to see both those numbers go up. And if he can do that, if he's capable of making that leap and becoming a quality starter, and look, it's not exactly hard to give more than what Eric Bledsoe gave this team next year, there's potential that they are going to beat this number, but it's going to really rely on that internal growth more so than anything else. Jackson Hayes being a quality backup center would do wonders for the team, and we saw flashes from him and significant improvement from his game. Being a guy that maybe plays next to Zion Williamson at times and maybe starting halfway through the year potentially depends. I think that's a little bit less likely now with Valanciunas than with Steven Adams, but still there, I think there's potential for that. That's how this team Beats this number. And that's how this team gets really good and reestablishes themselves as kind of that young up and coming team with a really good young core to watch out for in the future. And also it's really important to do that given that Zion is extension eligible after this coming season. But it's all on the internal growth. There's a reason media around the country, and I'm not going to get into all that stuff, it doesn't like the Pelicans offseason. It wasn't unbelievably impressive, particularly because they missed out on the guys they were trying to make runs at. They, they got to be a little bit more self-aware than that. But it's the internal growth. And if they can do that, and maybe these guys play harder for Willie Green, right? And I'm really, really high on Willie Green right now after the dumpster fire that was Stan Van Gundy. Getting the most out of these guys, connecting with them. That former player having that experience is so important in the NBA right now as a head coach. I think he's a guy that can relate. We clearly saw them playing hard for him in summer league. If these role players step up a little bit because of that, this team could be good. This team will then easily, I think, hit the over when it comes to their win total. By a lot, not entirely sure. But if they can get to 44, 46, 48 wins, somewhere in that range, it wouldn't necessarily shock me. But the West is also still pretty good. 
and all the teams in front of him also improved. And let's talk about how they missed this number coming up here in the next segment of today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. But before we get to that, this episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Celebrate the freedom of choice with all of the unbelievably delicious flavors that Built Bar has, and there's something for everyone. I just reordered. I got the Rocky Road, the mint brownie, the salted caramel. These things are delicious. They taste like candy bars, yet they're healthy for you. They're like nothing you've ever tried before. If you get a protein bar in the morning before work or before or after a workout in the afternoon or the evening, you've got to give these a try. You don't need a gourmet, delicious, five-star star Michelin to make five star Michelin restaurants meal from a from a protein bar. But if you can eat the good tasting one, there's no reason not to do it, especially when the macros on these things are better than most other bars out there on the market. 17 to 18 grams of protein calories between 130 and 180. So really low. And you're not going to waste all that cardio that you just did. Four to five grams sugar, four to five grams net carbs, all amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, plus limited edition and special edition flavors that come out through flash sales and different things like that. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order over again at built.com when you use promo code LOCK15. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans also brought to you by betonline.ag. It's that time of year again. The NBA is quiet and now all eyes are turning towards football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. We saw the Saints in the Dome the other night. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online betting's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest Survivor contest right now for $200,000. They're open now over at betonline.ag. So head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus. You put in $1,000, you're going to get $1,000. You put in $100, you're going to get another $100. You can use it to hammer the over for the Pelicans. If you think it's over at 39 and a half and bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action this season. So use promo code locked on for that 100% welcome bonus. And they've got the opening day super promo between the bucks and the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday, September 9th, sign up, make a $25 bet. And if you lose, it's just refunded. If you win, you, you keep the winnings. There's no risk to you there whatsoever. So whether it's football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season over at BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So continuing to talk about the Pelicans and the Vegas over-under number for wins for them at 39 and a half. Is it too high, too low? We just went over the history in the first segment of the Vegas numbers. And they're not very accurate when it comes to New Orleans. Uh, and it's usually the under. But again, there's a lot of room for internal growth. And if the Pelicans believe in their process and believe in the players that they've drafted, and those guys work out, this team's going to hit the over. I promise you that. If Nikhil's a solid starter, this team's going to hit the over. Kyra Lewis Jr. can be a backup point guard. Might be a little soon for him, but he's capable of stepping up and filling that role. Maybe not being a starter, though. But he can definitely do everything you want to see from those guys. And if they all step up and kind of start to reach their potential, plus B.I. takes a leap maybe defensively, Zion takes another leap, becomes a 30-plus point-per-game scorer, and steps up defensively, this team can be good. And don't underestimate what Willie Green as a head coach is capable of doing. And we're going to talk about that in, in Friday's show, since we're Monday, Wednesday, Friday right now, talking about how he's probably, in my opinion, the biggest 
acquisition they've made this offseason and the most important acquisition that they've made this offseason. But how does New Orleans miss this number? How do they not hit 39 and a half wins and how do they get the under in all that? So how do they not hit 40 wins? Well, we mentioned injuries, right? They had a lot of good injury luck last season where they were relatively healthy, you know, throughout the majority of the season until it was clear they were out of the playoffs. And at that point, who really cares? You know, but do they use that injury luck up? I'm not trying to jinx it or anything like that. It's just given what we've seen in the past here in New Orleans, it's tough to kind of shake that this team isn't snake bit or has a voodoo curse on it in some capacity for that sort of thing. And look, Brett Dawson, when he was writing for The Advocate, even did an article on that and how to kind of get rid of those voodoo curses and all of that stuff. So it's an interesting kind of way to look at it, I think. But maybe they just got, there's something with it, right? Maybe it's just kind of the way they play these guys. Maybe it has to do, I don't know, with training regimens and all of that. They've had one relatively healthy year. It's last year. Can they carry that forward? They can. I like the over again. If they don't, injuries are always the great equalizer. The under is probably the way to go. But the other thing is, if they don't take a step forward in terms of that internal growth, you know, all of these guys are capable of doing it, but do they actually, and that's the thing. Sometimes it takes guys just a little bit longer to figure it out. You know, Nikhil in his two years here in New Orleans has been inconsistent at best. He hasn't had good efficiency or anything like that. In his two years in New Orleans, he shot 40% from the field. He shot 30, 34.7%, 35% from three. The assist numbers, not quite there. He's shown some explosive performances as a starter last year, but the majority of those big point performances were without Zion out there on the court when he was capable of kind of being the man with other starters, which is going to make him look better. Can he do the same when it's Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and he's the third guy? It remains to be seen. I hate to say it. So if he doesn't step up or doesn't really kind of fit with those guys, that's going to be a big problem. Does Jackson Hayes revert? You know, does whatever's going on this offseason, we're not going to get into that stuff, play a factor into that. And does that have him not be his best? I don't really think that's going to be the case. And I'm higher on him than Nikhil. But it's still a center position for a guy that's shown some flashes of shooting threes, but you still need him to space the court a little bit. He is a vertical spacing threat, and I think that's important in a way that Steven Adams definitely was not and that Valanciunas definitely isn't. But if he can't be that guy and it just turns out he's unplayable next to Zion Williamson due to spacing issues, it's a bit of a problem. You know, does Devontae Graham kind of find his role here in New Orleans too? He got bounced out of the starting lineup by LaMelo Ball. A rookie, you know, and one of the top picks in the draft, but it's not exactly great to see. And he's done well in different roles, but if they don't find kind of the one best way to use him, uh, it's not going to be the greatest signing that they've ever had. You know, are other guys going to be able to step up and nail their three-point shots? Can Trey Murphy step in and drain threes? Can Najee Marshall continue some of the scoring and being a fourth or fifth guy that we saw from him in Summer League? It's Summer League. He should be dominating those guys. Is he going to do it, though, at the NBA side of things? Will Trey Murphy struggle like most rookies struggle? And if that's the case, that's kind of the worst-case scenario for New Orleans, they're going to probably hit the under and disappoint again because they still don't have quite the right pieces around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. They've got the core there. That's the hard part. The rest of it is just kind of building the roster out around those guys, and they've struggled to find those pieces. 
does Josh Hart continue his poor three-point shooting? If that's the case, the spacing might still be bad for New Orleans. And they won't improve on that side, and it becomes easier to defend Zion Williamson. And that's probably part of the reason why Vegas has this number a little bit low. It's just an unproven team that looks like they could do well, but will they? And that's what Vegas is kind of banking on to probably get action on both sides of this. Plus, there's the X factor, right? Do they make a move at the trade deadline? They're they're not going to be players in free agency. We just saw it. They couldn't give that money away. So if you're going to try and improve the team, you've got to do it through trades and or the draft. So if you want to improve this team this season, it's trade market. That's going to be it. Can you get a deal done by the trade deadline? If you can, maybe that win total goes up. So there you go. Do you think 39 and a half? Are they going to hit the over, the under? Let me know your reasons in the comment below at Twitter, uh, on Twitter, at Nola Jake. And that's going to do it for the Wednesday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all Friday. Talk a little bit more about Willie Green.